Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, and verse 10. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days' walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Here ends our reading. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jonah is a book that is considered to be one of the minor prophets. They're not called minors because they dug for gold. Hardy, hard, hard. But they are called minor prophets because they are short books. These minor prophets include books like Malachi, Hosea, and Amos, to name a few, and still had significant things to say to the Israelites around the time of their exile, mostly right before God's judgment was about to befall them, or after it already had. Like their longer counterparts in Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, most of these shorter prophetic books are full of, well, prophecies. These prophetic works call the Israelites out for their sins, like neglecting the poor, the orphaned, the widow, and immigrants. They call out the people for abandoning Yahweh, the one true God of their ancestor Abraham and instead worshipping all sorts of false idols to fake gods like Baal or Asherah. These are all called prophetic books because they are full of prophecies that turned out to be true in one way or another. It is likely that there were many other prophetic works full of good tidings, easy messages, comforting words, that told people they had nothing to worry about. But those are not preserved as scripture today because they proved to be false prophecies. The ones that made it into the Bible are there because they prophesied the truly tragic events that ended up coming to pass. Sometimes bad news wins out, I guess. Jonah is unique among the prophets, both major and minor ones, because he does not actually prophesy very much. You all probably know his story well, how the word of the Lord came to him and told him to tell the Ninevites in Assyria that their exceedingly large city would be overthrown in 40 days. He fled the other way towards Tarshish in Spain. A storm came up on his voyage and he told the sailors to throw him overboard because God was angry with him, how a big fish swallowed him up and three days later spit him onto the shore, how he prophesied to Nineveh. They repented and didn't get burned up. Jonah's shade bush did get burned up, so Jonah whined about it and God left him with the question that shouldn't our Lord care more about a city full of people than a fragile plant? Yeah, that story. Well, the fact that the prophetic book is more of a narrative book than a book full of prophecy makes it very interesting. 
In fact, the only actual prophesying we hear from Jonah's mouth is one sentence in the middle of our reading for this week. The moment when Jonah made it to the heart of Nineveh and finally said what God told him to. His prophecy was this. Forty days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's it. Though this prophetic book is several chapters long, there's only one prophecy in it. Forty days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Amazingly, it seems to have done the trick. Somehow enough of the citizens and higher-ups listened and were able to gin up a big mob of repentant people. So the Lord relented and showed them mercy. Not bad for one sentence worth of prophecy, right? The guy is efficient. Yet, even though there are barely any raw prophecies in the book of Jonah, I think it is safe to say that the real prophetic power is, in fact, in the story itself. The notion that Jonah tried to flee to the other side of the world. Spain is on the opposite end of the Mediterranean, so for all intents and purposes, Jonah was trying to flee to the farthest point in the world as he knew it from Nineveh. The fact that he was trying to do this shows us that he was trying to get as far away from the situation as possible. We find out later that he was not worried about what the Ninevites might do to him, but actually that he dreaded the idea of God doing what he did and forgiving the very bad guys that Jonah wanted nothing more than to be burned up in the wrath of the Almighty. There was something very human to Jonah. A desire that righteous judgments befall those that we perceive as enemies of the good. Can't say I blame him for dreading God's mercy on the Ninevites. Nevertheless, the story of how the Ninevites were shown mercy serves as a different sort of prophecy. One that declares to the reader that God is indeed obnoxiously merciful, even when we don't want him to be. There are no limits to whom God can forgive. There is nobody that God does not love. There is no wrong that cannot be covered by the mercy of the Almighty, for God is indeed merciful and loving, no matter what. The book of Jonah shows us that, at least sometimes, it is the power of story that moves us more than any commands shouted at us from the outside. A famous quote from Brazilian novelist Paulo Coelho states, The world is changed by your example, not by your opinion. The world is changed by your example, not by your opinion. I appreciate this quote very much and believe that in a world full of opinions, we could use a lot more good examples to follow. The book of Jonah seems to be trying to lead more by example than by opinion. While most prophetic books were full of words, prophecies, and yes, opinions, Jonah is lacking in most of that. Instead, we are shown examples of what the prophet was called to do. How he initially responded, how he was redirected by God, how he reluctantly followed through, and then eventually how the prophet responded to God's merciful nature. There was just one prophetic sentence in all four chapters, 
not much leading by opinion. Those chapters are instead full of the story of God, God's prophet Jonah, and the people of Nineveh. Lots of leading by example. In 2008, two years to the day after overwhelming tragedy occurred, Pastor Eric Fitzgerald had a choice to make. He could show vindictive, retributive, righteous anger towards one who merited it, or he could show that same man grace and mercy. Following the example of Christ on the cross, he chose the latter. The man in question was Matt Swatzel. Exactly two years to the day before Pastor Fitzgerald saw Matt in a grocery store parking lot, Matt had fallen asleep at the wheel after working a 24-hour shift as a local firefighter. Matt's car crossed the center line, running headlong into the car that Pastor Eric's wife was driving. Miraculously, Pastor Eric's 19-month-old daughter survived the accident. Tragically, his wife, June, and their unborn son in her womb did not. On that day, two years later, Matt went to the grocery store to get a card for the father and daughter whose lives had been ripped apart by the grief he laid on them. Instead of finding a piece of paper on which he could try to convey his sympathy and sorrow, he happened to run into Pastor Eric himself in the parking lot. Immediately upon seeing him, Matt broke down and began crying uncontrollably. Pastor Eric, who many might say had all the reason in the world to be angry, frustrated, or vindictive towards the sobbing sinner in front of him, simply embraced the man. He later recalled that there were no words to meet the moment. So he just hugged the man who had killed his wife and child. Then, after a while, Pastor Eric said, I forgive you. A Christian leader practicing what we preach as much as any other. Matt Swatzel later recalled in an interview, just hearing the words, I forgive you, completely changed my life. I had two years of guilt and anguish built up within me, and I couldn't imagine how he could ever forgive me. Pastor Eric changed Matt's life with his example. He freed the man who had wronged his family from the pain of tragedy and made room for mercy and grace to blossom in its place. His is an example worth following. The way of the Lord is the way of mercy. The Lord showed this example in and through the life and witness of Jonah when he forgave the unforgivable Ninevites. Pastor Eric showed this example by forgiving the man who robbed him of his wife and child. In our world of opinions, may our lives be changed by their examples. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Thank you.
I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.